When it comes to EVE Online, every player wants to know the most effective tactic available. You want to know the meta. The meta controls everything. It determines what will and will not happen. Knowing the meta will alter your views, make you question your reality. It might even make you laugh. And now, you're part of it. You're watching The Meta Show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Meta Show. Today, today, Saturday, August the 28th, 2021. We made it. We're almost to September. We missed you guys very much last week, but last week was a party. and I wasn't there. But Mark and Mittens were there. I don't like Kaz, you weren't in Summer Swarm, were you? Uh no, I didn't make it out. No. All right. So we so we have two of the two people that were at Summer Swarm last week. We had a party, and that's why this week we're kind of chilled out a little bit. We're gonna do a fireside edition. It's gonna be great. Boss, how was Summer Swarm? Tell me all about it. I want to hear the details. Well, um And where the hell are you, by the way, anyway? So I'm in Michigan, right? I, I'm okay. currently in Michigan as, as a sort of a post-summer storm thing. Uh, we are here. And uh, uh, there's a lot of you owe us for last week. What is this? They're chanting. It's a chant. They're chanting you owe us for last. That's fair. I, I always tell, I tell Mrs. Brisk every time she's like, can you skip this week and let's go do something? And I say, honey, you don't understand what these people are going to do to us if we skip a week. <laughs> it's just bad they they oh hate my it God. especially because uh, we got we got strat ops out too so everybody's like playing and having a good time and everything so so anyway, you're news, in michigan uh, what are you in michigan I, for? I, uh i'm in michigan visiting family uh actually i had intended so i come to michigan last time i came to michigan to try to get away from the space war uh and have a week off the fucking puppies decided that they were going to drop like four keep stars in a row and completely interrupt everything uh so uh, no, I just sort of came out here to, to chill out and relax post-summer swarm, post-war, post-everything. Uh, though, after all the tax policy meetings, which is <laughs> yeah, after victory, bureaucracy is real. So let, let, let's back things up. Uh, summer swarm was fantastic. It was the best summer swarm that I have ever had the luck to attend. Uh, and that is less of a credit to anything I did and more uh, my lovely girlfriend who helped make the entire thing happen for us and for everybody who attended. And so that was fantastic. I appreciate everyone who came and made the pilgrimage to uh, Madison and enjoyed themselves. Uh, and I enjoyed myself immensely. It, it was really, um, it was super chill. And I think one of the reasons why it was so chill uh, is in addition to lots of brownies that Neolithicus brought that were fantastic. I had probably about 12 of them over the course of the weekend. We kept trying to squirrel them away such that I could find them and stuff like that. Uh, but regardless of that, um, it, it was just, it was a really good vibe. It, it was nice to get the game together. And especially after all the shit that we've been through as a, as a sort of a community, uh, it was very affirming because it was, it was one, of those th one of those things where it's literally what we fight for. Right. Like, like one of the reasons why uh, the war was such a pain in the ass is that, you know, you have a bunch of loser, lame motherfuckers like Vili, uh, who never has gone to Vegas, who doesn't know anybody that doesn't hang out with anybody, uh, essentially saying uh, that something like Summer Swarm shouldn't happen and that people like us shouldn't be friends with each other. We shouldn't hang out with each other. We shouldn't enjoy each other. Uh, and so everybody was super chill. We were just happy to see one another uh, and, and also to just have. Uh, a, a chance to bond and remember what was like, what life was kind of like in the before times. Because in the before times, we constantly travel, constantly hang out. Psyched as psyched as fuck for Vegas. I cannot wait for Vegas. I, I am uh, absolutely missing that. Uh, but yeah, it was it was just a great vibe, uh, and everybody was, you know, we've been busting ass for some of us in the case like fourteen fucking months. So uh, what can you do? It, it, does that answer the question? I'm, I'm I, I think. Mittens, we would be remiss if we didn't use this opportunity to at least recognize the intersection of two things, Summer Swarm and the fifth birthday of Ascendance. Congratulations, guys. Nobody thought you would Happy make birthday, it. Happy birthday, Asky. You made it. Um, you didn't get kicked in five years. Ascendance was nice enough to bring a fainting goat with them to the party. I don't know if anybody knows what a fainting goat is. You make a loud noise. It's unconscious. Um, 
if you were there at Summer Swarm, you know what I'm talking about. The goat was carried out of several parties. was <laughs> <laughs> a fucking painting goat. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, it, it was a it was a great time. We had very gracious hosts Ooh. that uh, took good care of us. It was extremely nice. And oh my goodness, the the folks who make Spotted Cow right now were wondering what <laughs> happened last weekend to the uh, local inventory because we certainly put a dent in it. I saw we, we saw some of the pictures, and if you guys have been on uh, some of the discords, if you're on the Rampage Incorporated Discord, you might have saw some of these pictures. The, the the as the night progressed, and the bottles of spotted cows suddenly grew in size around Merck and Kosacek and others. It was it was it was an amazing was thing to see. So I'm glad you guys had fun yeah, last the, week at Summer. I, I think they were trying to troll us. I, I, I think that I, I think that they were trying it to uh, see. How many beers Merkelchen, Kosacek, and myself would drink? And I don't know if Kosacek really got into it, but you know, it was wonderful. Merkelchen and Arbor Delight were sitting there in uh, this piano bar, and periodically a nominator or somebody comes up with just like four spotted cows at a time. And I'm like, well, this is fantastic. This is Wisconsin. Like, this is a Wisconsinite's idea of heaven. I'm not originally a Wisconsinite, but uh, some, somebody bringing you infinite spotted cows. Uh, is uh, is a challenge. I, I can confirm. I am originally a Wisconsinite, and that is that is accurate. Is the nectar? I'm frustrated. I've never had a spotted cow because they don't have them in Virginia. So I got to go to one of these events next time and actually be able to get spotted cow. So I know what the hell you guys are talking about when you start bragging on it. I, I didn't know what good beer was like for me. Like I, I'm not like a, a beer snob or anything like that. I like good beer, but it's kind of like my attitude towards scotch. I want to just you know, enjoy the thing and not think too much about it once I dialed it in. But I didn't really know what good cheese, good brats or good beer was until I got in Wisconsin. Because you're right, like they, they have regulation, like Wisconsin is sort of like this, it's not a closed society. They're very open and, open and welcoming. But if you want the fucking spotted cow, you got to be in Wisconsin to get it. And uh, I, I eventually developed my palate where my, my favorite new Glarus beer is two women, uh, not spotted cow. Uh, but Spotted Cow is great, right? And, you know, it's sort of like you're welcome to Wisconsin. Here's what good beer can actually taste like. Uh, it's good. I like it. I like it. I like it. All right. I have a question. And, and, and this was, you guys, there was a piano bar that you guys went to, right? Mm hmm Yes. I heard a rumor that you asked the piano bar person that was playing the piano if they had any Morrissey. Is that, can you confirm or deny whether that Me or Merkelchen? <laughs> you! No. No, Morrissey. Why would I? You know, piano bar Morrissey is like the exact opposite of the fucking vibe. That's, that's the thing. Like, it, was a Morrissey it was a joke. It was a like huge. Uh, apparently, Morrissey is huge in Mexico. Brisk, uh, I think the, you were missing. I, I think the joke that I made the other night was Mittens went up and asked them to play The Cure. Play The Cure. That's That was it. I thought, <laughs> oh, there you go. There that's you go. why that one didn't, didn't <laughs> hit. Right Damn there. it. I, I, I had the wrong band. Well, one of the problems I have is I like some very specific 1970s like niche piano shit right and so what i would really like to hear them play is like some warren zevin like i would really like to hear uh roland the headless thompson gunner or at the very least not the kid rock one but the kid rock ruined werewolves of london by stealing the initial riff uh but you know werewolves of london or uh, Roland the Headless Thompson Gunner, or any sort of like, you know, Zevin shit, that would be absolutely. And I never know. Some people say Zevon, some people say Zevin is dead, unfortunately. Enjoy every sandwich. But that's like my my secret piano nerd thing. And the problem is, I'm such a fucking boomer now that when I'm like, hey, you know, whatever, you know, nobody has any idea what that is. And like at a piano bar, they're like playing fucking, you know, not even Shakira songs. I'm such a boomer that I'm like saying, oh, Shakira, like that's a, that's a new thing that kids these days would <laughs> do. <laughs> anyway so i do try to ask for like niche dorky songs but it, it didn't uh uh it was a great time though especially because we had like 30 spotted cows to churn through uh yeah lawyers guns and money is a fucking favorite i That's love lawyers guns song. and money uh, not that not that we're biased from lawyers right? but I, I don't know like i can talk about this stuff for i mean it's, it's a fireside show we've got a, a bunch of evenerd stuff to go on but i i will i will happily burble about my favorite piano crap we have a ton of random things that have happened. So look, guys, it's been two weeks, okay? In the span of two weeks, Delve has healed. And I want to show you guys some, some things. And I want to show you all, just I, ha I have some Dotland stuff here and, and a couple other things. It's, it is literally amazing to me. And we, we showed this like the first week afterwards, and it was, it was pretty good. 
but we are less than a full month away from the end of the war. The end of the war was officially, or at least the end of, of this section of the war of, the, of hostilities was August 2nd. Okay. Jesus it is August 28th. Let me pull this up on the screen. I'll show you guys. It looks like it's been a year since the start of August. Like, seriously, we have had to do so much shit and feels work like so it. hard to get to this. Yeah, it's kind of a lot. Less than a month ago, and it feels like it was six months on the other side of Summer Storm. That was another reason why the Summer Storm thing is so great, because it allowed me to sort of, like, a lot of us, I think, mentally to encode new memories and realize, like, we are now in this other, like, the odd chain at the end of T5ZI. Like, that was, like, the primal scream, and then we had Summer Storm. Now it's, like peacetime tax policy. Show me what, show it, show us what right. you're going to show us. So here we go. So our, here is Delve, all the iHubs completely, completely fixed. Everything is done. Here is Fountain. Bastion in it owns everything in Fountain. These are the, these are the iHubs here. Even Fountain Core, even the area that was owned by LSH, all owned by the Imperium. We go over, we show you Quirius, all owned by the Imperium. There's one, I think one loan test, uh, IHUB that's left anywhere in around here. Uh, yeah, right here. Fortec T is the only one here that's left. Everything else has been, has been cleaned up and then look at outer passage. This is where test is moving. They have one single solitary IHUB that they've taken in their home area. They haven't even put an IHUB down in their home stager system. Is, is circle of yeah. hell fighting back? What's happening there? I don't know what's taking, what's taking so long. I mean, guys, we and toast this, the whole thing and, and we and toast this, everything in a week and you guys have been moving for a month and you're still haven't taken these IHUBs. Uh, it's unbelievable. I heard a rumor that the renters aren't too happy. Yes. Yeah, Which so renters test or, yeah. uh, or the ones that were there before. Well, I mean, I, I think that the, the locals, whoever happens to, so, so look, here's the deal guys. I, I can't like commit to defend Outer Passage because it's on the other side of the galaxy. But one of the things that we've seen across the board with the fucking pappy guys that don't want to be reminded about the Blue Donut thing is immediately they are back to their landlord habits. And here's an idea, just in general. Like if you're, I, I don't know, and I apologize to anybody who is in the drone regions expecting me to actually get this stuff right. Uh, I know things in broad strokes, but I'm not going to get the names right. And, and I mean well, but I'm stumble on, over some details here. Uh, you could just stop paying rent. Groups like Test, groups like Horde, groups like the NC Dot at this point uh, are not going to have the power projection capacity to maintain rental systems in the drone regions if you actually self-organized and decided to break your fucking shackles, right? You're in goddamn, if you're in Outer Passage, if you're somewhere in the deep drones, you know, you don't have to, you, you don't have to walk on eggshells worrying about like lady scarlet is going to find your members or something for slipping something up just rebel we just the, we we just slaughtered these what people. are they gonna do well, to we, what are they gonna do are they gonna lose a war about about it you know if the, the, the renters self-organized uh and just decided to carve out some fucking territory uh, you know, I, I would, you know, contact a diplomat today. The Imperium would be broadly supportive of this. It doesn't mean that we can necessarily deploy a, a Titan fleet to bumfuck drone regions, but we can absolutely put some, uh, do, put a little steel on target, uh, maybe help sure. out, can't, pro can't commit, can't promise anything. But, you know, if, if renter organ, if alliance, alliances that were renting in uh, Pappy space in the Galactic Northeast actually step up and decide that they want to go their own way, let us know. You don't have to, don't fucking pay these people. Just take the space and grow up and be a real alliance. And we'll, we'll, we'll try to do what we can to help. Uh, I mean, look, that's, are that's you the suggesting, exact point. Are you suggesting we might be in favor of some sort of eviction moratorium? Is that where this <laughs> is going? <laughs> you know, I, I think the what Imperium I'm CDC has uh, extended our eviction moratorium for another six months. People of drones, people <laughs> of drones, rise up. You have nothing to lose but your but chains, your chains. A, bunch of, a bunch of really annoying uh, renter policy that you could just say, just try playing Eve on hard mode for a little bit and just give your landlords the finger. And when they say you have to do this or pay off, say, come, come deploy a fleet. Tell Elf Boy, tell fucking Elf Boy to deploy a fleet about it to the bumfuck drone regions where he's trying to charge people rent. Just give them the finger. See what happens. 
Worst case scenario. The rent is too damn high. The rent is too damn high. People with drones rise up. I mean, seriously, like we as a policy coming out of this war, I was just like, like it might make things more complicated, but I want a clear, bright line rule rule going forward. We don't rent anymore. The Imperium does not allow renting in any way. Uh, We've experimented with it with it in the past in the same way that we experimented with the ttt if the thing is allowed by game mechanics you need to make sure you get your cut uh exactly. but we don't like it and we aren't doing it anymore and we encourage and support anybody that wants to rise up against this old bullshit system that's been strangling the game for ever since the the, the blue donut people started doing this years ago they've always relied on renting they love being landlords it's who all the way back to the fucking bob days so, you know, just fucking grow a spine. And if you do, please contact uh, Goonstorm's diplomats. Like, if you are part of a rental organization and you are like, yo, is this Borf on the meta show? Like, get in touch with their diplomats. I'm t- hi, hi, Imperium diplomats. I'm announcing this right now. I'm doing it live. Uh, but, you know, Sorry, during the war, yeah, like during Sorry, the war, Marana. we had a, a couple of people like uh, IGC, who is now a, a member of the Imperium, who realized that Pappy was full of shit. And they, they chose the difficult path of fighting their way out. They, they fought for us. Uh, they fought in Faith Abelis. And, you know, their reward was, you know, come on over. Like, you know, if you're willing to fight against the entire galaxy when shit looks dark, then you're, you're our blood brothers. Uh, and sort of same deal. Like, you know, if, if you're, I'm not saying that the renter drone people are going to be boosted into the Imperium, but like, if you actually want to stand and fight and try to make your own empire in the drones and stop paying fucking elf boy and Lady Scarlet money, uh, get in touch with us and we'll, we'll see what happens. We're not going to do it for you, but if you can self-organize and get somewhere, we're, we're very interested in that because why? These, these entities that are renting things out of the drone regions can't actually project power out there because it's too far now and they're all out of fuel, guys. This is like, There's no fuel it. anywhere. They don't have gasoline. They don't have space gas to get to the fucking drone regions to force you to pay rent. You could just rebel and own your space like fucking adults. This is your opportunity. And believe me, like, this is going to be how it is. This is our policy when it comes to, like, if you break free and get in touch with us, we will make a point to not, I'm not saying we're going to get blue standings, but we're not going to, we're not going to, we're not going to, we're not going to project power on you. We're not going to rain hell on you. We're not going to harass those people. But the, the people in the drone region that are like, yeah, I want to stay. I want to be elf boys, bitch. I want to pay Lady Scarlet stuff. I don't want to actually fight for my territory. Uh, you know, it'll be great because the renters that rise up and break free and start their own thing will narrow down the target pool for us to only the people that really want to be lickspittles, sycophants, and bitches. So uh, people of drones, free yourselves. There you uh, go. Or we will free yeah. you. What a great <laughs> policy to go live with. I could not be happier. We really can't do a lot more, right? Like, I think within the last four weeks, something like 10 regions have fallen. Four had already fallen of Legacy's prior holdings, even before the war ended. But then if you go look at the map, in addition to our four, there's six other regions where suddenly Legacy has no influence anymore. So we've done our bit. We freed the South. There's a whole lot of entities in those other 10 regions that are not affiliated with us still. We're not blue to a single one of them, as far as I can tell. Right. Billy, uh, there were, wasn't Billy saying that we are nipped with with PIBC or something. There, uh, yeah, we'll, a whole, we'll get to a that. whole separate. Okay. okay, I'll leave that for later. Right. But yeah, uh, I, I'm entertained by freeing the South, but I would love to throw more people up into drone regions just as soon as there is a hint of life uh, that just needs to be, you know, watered a little bit to see some independence up there. I because I mean, good. like. You know, because no, nobody's ever seen the, the entirety, like the, the, the masters, the blue donut has bled now. And people realize that you can, in fact, stand up against these guys and that be better and happier for it. So it's just kind of a question. It's like, if it is an option, I don't know the answer. But if it is a viable option, do they have it in them? Will they? Because I mean, look at the circle. Like, you know, the guys are in Outer Passage. Maybe they say they maybe they keep paying rent to like Lady Scarlet. Like, like they don't you don't have to be nice to Tess. Tess can barely Tess can barely form a proper fucking fleet. They can barely move into outer passage. Fuck those guys. Fuck them. You don't have to go like, oh well, they're probably a legend billion. Like, just, just just fight and see what happens. See how weak they are. Just I mean, what's the worst that happens? Right. You lose you lose a little bit and you say, All right, fuck it. It didn't work well, out. You, Here's your rent money. You lose the I mean, space that they were about to take from you to give to Test Alliance Pleasing or anyway, right? 
Like, and that the alternative is just even sadder. I don't know if you have it, Brisk, but there was a, an email for, I think it was Ushra Khan was getting kicked out. This is one of the people who was losing their, they were saying our opportunity in Nullsec is coming to an end or something. It was just sad. And I'm like, Ushra Khan, I recognize that name from 10 years ago. And yeah, here they are. Original These guys, line. they need to realize that, that right now, Nullsec is in a shambles, okay? If there, if there has ever been a better time for small-sized alliances, medium-sized alliances to get and hold a bit of territory. It's right now. There is a whole swath of the South that's completely wide open that can't be defended because the guys that are supposed to be defending it are sitting on a couch, are supposedly sitting on a couch in Outer Passage. So if you want space, come to the South. There's plenty of it. And when it comes down, like guys like Ushakan, they should never come. Pravi, you guys in Pravi are in the best position you've ever been in. There's no one to fuck with you. There's no one around that cares. We're too busy fighting the other guys. We killed the last structure in period basis last night. I got top damage, by the way. Ah. You got, oh, I got the final blow. Sorry. You got the final I, blow. I was, I was, I was about to damage. correct you there. That's good. You got, <laughs> you got the final blow. The bottom line is there's space available. And, and frankly, I think Benton's is 100% correct. For those of you who have lived under the yoke of renting, everything is changing in Eve. All right, right now, with between scarcity, the tax changes, which I, I have a point I want to bring up about that, the tax changes, scarcity, and the war itself has completely upended all of the ways that these big groups have made money in the last two or three years. And now everybody's going back to the drawing board and they got to figure out. That's why Kaz and Mittens are sitting and Merck are sitting in three hour long meetings talking about tax policy. Because everybody's trying to figure out how do you and modern Eve keep an alliance going, knowing that the ways we used to do it are all gone. That's, I am that's really, a huge. Yeah. It, it, we don't know. It, it, it's going to be fascinating to see because like the, it, it is really what the Pavi guys wanted to do is they wanted to go back to normal. They wanted to go back to their, you know, status quo, uh, antebellum kind of thing. Uh, is it antebellum or probellum? I always get the tenses like you know. Antebellum is correct. And anti is before. Okay, yeah, perfect. Uh, Era is after. Yeah, so they want. Thank you. Uh, so status quo antebellum. They want to just go back. You know, that was why they said, "Oh, we're going to take three weeks to to get out of here in an orderly way," uh, and, and then suddenly realize that their orderly evacuation was us murdering them and making an example in front of the entire galaxy. But the point was, is that. These guys couldn't even manage a move up. It's not that the, I mean, the Imperium is great and we beat shit out of them and we're never going to let them forget it. But from a perspective of a drone regions person, right? You might be going, well, the, the, the Matani is serving all these works or whatever, but you guys have Titan fleets and shit like that. Look, look, Tess can barely even get settled in Outer Passage. They can barely do a fucking move up. These, go, these people, you know, there's no man behind the curtain individually they all blobbed up as a big pile of landlords and these geniuses chose to follow people like villian pro god legend and elf boy and what does that mean if you're a drone renter uh well you could just stop like these guys it, like one of the things just here here i'll give you guys a freebie you know, one of the things that gave us hell in uh period basis during the wars was we realized that uh, a well put together drekovac gang uh could uh basically take out even a faction fortzar if you didn't send a real fleet to deal with it and, you know, if you're a drone renter and you're like, you know what, fuck it, let's just take over our own stuff. You only need like 15 or 20 guys in a direct gang. You don't even need to use arms, but you could just do a fucking uh, a trig structure purge gang and just wipe out all of the shit that you wanted to wipe out. And they will have to send a real fleet into the deep drones where you are paying rent as a service to get protection from these fucking nerds. Uh, you know, the, the, the emperor has no clothes. Uh, their God is bleeding. They're just a bunch of fucking jokes. Fuck them up. Get, you know, see what happens. Try. You don't even them. need, I mean, even, even 15 to 20 guys could be overkill. I'll tell you this Merc, Nam and I kill structure after structure, after mm -hmm. structure in mm -hmm. spider tank, Dracovax and Vedmax after M2, when the bad guys didn't care about anything, they were just laying there sleeping and we killed so much stuff. It didn't matter if it was gunned or not. If they didn't bring a fleet. They weren't going to push us off and we were going to get it done. It's not that hard guys, but mm -hmm. one of the points I want to make, and then I want to go into something else is mm -hmm. this is war. Okay. This is what happens after wars. You can never go home again. You're never going to get stuff set up to the way it was before. It just doesn't happen. 
it doesn't happen in real life. It doesn't happen in Eve. After every major war, the face of the game has changed. Everything has changed. There's a new meta. You have to figure it out and you have to make it work. And this is one of the things I want to talk about. So we had, there was a new article that came out today in MMORPG. And it talked a little bit about, um, it talked about the end of World War B, the lessons learned. And there were some quotes. They talked to, uh, they talked to CCP Berger. They talked to CCP Goodfella. Um, you know, and, and I think Ber Berger in here is, is I, I have to appreciate the fact that they asked him directly about the tax changes and Berger's like, yeah, you know, I lost my Titan cause they plan to change the font color. We're used to hearing about that stuff. Uh, but he says, it's going to take a while for us to figure out what happened at the end of the war. And he doesn't think it was a simple taxation change. I sure hope it's not as simple as a taxation change. I truly believe it's a, it's a big combination of things. Yeah. Happy uh, guys are still go ahead. Cass. Let, let me comment. Burger is right on the money, right? The, the proximate, the proximity of the tax change gave these guys an excuse. And of course it was a big amount of money. I was on the, the other unnamed show to talk about that and, and sort of call Billy out on it just a week prior. Right. But that doesn't change that they led themselves to the situation where that one change was going to screw them over and leave them without any plan at all. That result is a consequence of, of months and months of changes but, or months and months of, of choices by them, but also two years of changes by CCP that all go together in different and sandboxy ways. So I, I think Berger's totally right. It is definitely not that simple, right? And 100%. I, I think the, the comparison to what we were just talking about is we look at the map and see all of these groups in bloom and the, the PCU count going up by something like 5,000 I saw. I didn't look into detail on that, but just seeing how this activity is changing and the map is changing goes to show that this strategy of blew up everyone to get to get this thing done and then rent it all out later, it just goes to show how terrible that is for the sandbox. So I'm glad we managed to throw these guys off. I think we got lucky, you know. Let me, let me be up. Go ahead, Mark. Brisk, if you imagine for a moment that you're in the room, right, and you're sitting there with like uh, PGL and Villy and Gobbins and and all that crew, you're three weeks into the push into 1DQ. There is nobody in EVE Online who was more relieved at the TTT tax changes than <laughs> that group of people because suddenly a ripcord appears and they yank that thing so fucking hard, so fucking fast, it would make your head spin. So anything contrary to that is total and complete bullshit. Um, it gave them an off ramp finally, and they were more than happy to take that. Can I, 100%. Uh, is, is this the part where I, so there's so many layers as to how Pappy imploded. And now that we're a couple of weeks away from things, I can reveal some stuff that uh, you know, people want to figure out where I got it from, so it's safer to tell these stories. Also, people talk, and one of the things about Pappy in this environment is it was such a failure, such a fuck up, and their excuses were obviously so bad uh, that everybody's looking for answers about what happened, and people are talking about what happened. Uh, so, so here's the deal. If it was just a tax policy change that could have changed things, and that was what it was, there wouldn't have been the great route because if they were still a militarily and leadership effective organization, they would have extracted in a functional organized way. Like you don't get to say, oh, it was a tax policy. Like initially speaking, they could say, oh, it's the TTT, CCB did it, pull in the ripcord, here's our excuse, we're out. But then instead of like leaving, they just slit their fucking throats and begged us to murder them. And we have been spending, we and the rest of the galaxy too, is just, you know, murdering these stunned carp as they head north. So their fuck-ups in the aftermath of uh, announcing their withdrawal uh, indicate that it wasn't simply a tax policy change. So there's that. Here's what really happened. These guys never had a plan to attack 1DQ1. Their plan explicitly stated by them repeatedly in public and in posts and in interviews was goons will lose 30% of their members the moment that they hit Delve. And their plan was for us to simply give up and fight and not fight because they were projecting the entire time. And they are weaklings who don't plan things and they would run. And so they did. And that's why they're dying and losing ugly. But that's not the real story. The real story of how Pappy imploded so hard is Pro God Legend. It was that op. They were going to do their, their thing. 
And when ProGod Legend decided to start unanchoring the test keep stars, uh, he didn't tell anybody. He thought it was going to be, I think he was thinking about it in typical ProGod Legend dumbass, like, oh, I'm a, I'm a narcissist and I have a clever idea and I think I'm going to do a Goku fleet and da, 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 a million dollar battle. And this fucking douche gives the order in the middle of the op to unanchor all of test keep stars because he thought it would be easier to get them out at that time or there was some sort of dumbass pro-god plan. So he didn't tell any of his allies. And remember, the important thing to keep in mind about Pappy is they all fucking hate each other because, you know, just look at them, right? Uh, a lot of them used to be enemies. They all blued each other to kill the goon. So there they are in the middle of the op and Bjorn B, Bjorn B reports it. So. Most of the Pappy leadership found out about the, the test things because uh, they don't spy on tests the way they probably should. Uh, <laughs> they found out through Bjorn B that ProGod Legend had done this and then uh, the, the whole thing just disintegrated, right? Like that's why the whole thing fell apart. It was, and, and you know, I ain't mad about it. Like, you know, thanks ProGod. Like I, I, I would say I should send that guy a present but the present we're actually gonna be sending him is fire and blood and hell up in the, in the drone regions. We're gonna, try to, we're gonna try to do what we can as long as these guys are corn cobbing and claiming that you know, test is not next or test is not now or whatever excuse they have. But, but, but that's what happened, guys. What happened was they never had a plan for 1DQ1. They realized that they were fucked months ago when they couldn't get the Asbels in because if they were serious about the Asbel strategy, like talking about June-ish, May, June, that zone where they're still Asbelling, uh, they would have done more than two. They would have scaled it up. They were just hoping that abruptly one day I would give up and say, oh, well, we can't do this anymore, guys. Now that they have completely fallen into the strategic trap that we have worked for the last year and more to build, because again, we got word of this war about a month ahead of time because God, it's such a beautiful They narrative. can't stop talking. Pro God legend was the reason we found out about the war and we could prepare people with the floodplain strategy and getting people used to loss and getting everybody understood that we were going to ball up here into one little pile, you know, defense in depth. It's not rocket science. It's one of the most basic military tactics out there. Ooh, uh, but, you know, and pro God legend ended it. Uh, he started it by, he gave us warning by running his mouth and putting the whole thing together to talk to 103 fucking alliances. And then he ended it by being a clever boy and pulling the plug on those keep stars and then the whole thing disintegrated. So that was what right. killed Pappy. And, and I think, let me just be 100% <laughs> clear. And I want to lay this out there because this, we keep hearing this narrative from these guys. All right. Taxes did not end the war. If you listen to the town hall where they made the announcement that they were going home and you listen to the anger and the, and the frustration and the, the attitude of the Pappy line members, the test line members in particular on that call, they didn't give a shit about SRP. They didn't care if they were going to get their shits back. They were, they were all ready to go. Let's do it. Let's fight. Let's go. Let's go. This is the weirdest thing. Most wars in Eve are lost because the leadership is trying to take the members somewhere they don't want to go anymore. People stop logging in, they stop joining fleets, they stop doing things, and it just tries up. This is the first time I've ever seen in a war in EVE Online where it was the leadership deciding to walk away while the line members still wanted to go, that happened. The bottom line, Mitten said it, Kaz said it, Merck said it, I will say it, you'll hear all four of us say it, taxes was an excuse. There is nothing, no one can claim anything other than that. And the, the reality, at least for me, is... When you start going and you try to build this narrative and you try to, to pick these things, try to blame CCP for the end of the war, that's not fair to them. And it's not fair to your line members because you're basically saying that, oh, my guys won't fight unless they know they're going to get their ships paid for. I don't think they gave a shit. They were ready to suicide their stuff into 1DQ in a heartbeat if you gave them the opportunity. And I think the other thing that Min said that right. I want to highlight because I think it's important is there is a big difference in retiring in good order and a route. <laughs> and that is what we, I mean, that's the thing. Piggles said flat out, oh, guys, we expect that we're going to fight. We're going to have to fight our way out of here. Did they fight their way out? No, they ran so fast 
that the hounds couldn't catch him. I mean, that's that's you know, and yeah, the I mean, old, the they ran song. with the main fleet catching the leadership who had started the day before the earlier started, started, started before, Creek, right? Now, yeah, I have I have something to show you guys for that. So we had we had the July mer numbers that came out this this uh, oh, this man. month, and one of the things was highlighted, and this was on Reddit, and I'll throw it up because I want to give the the guy that put it up credit because it's pr- it's pretty funny. If you look at the net delve imports, here it is. I did compelling see proof that Pappy this. leadership evac before you did the net delve imports and exports in July before the Pappy surrender 4.69 trillion isk exported out of Delve. Now, even Holy if you shit. make the claim that, that there were a couple of days in August that were included in, in the July MER, there's no way they moved 4 trillion worth of stuff in a day or two. These guys were moving their stuff out. They knew they were leaving, and they didn't tell anybody until the second of August. That's not leadership, guys. That's that's the opposite of it. That is, you know, I got uh, mine. I don't get it. I just have to laugh. It's pretty funny. I I, I gotta say, it, it, it's amazing to me. In this sociologically, this kind of worries me, right? Because essentially. Uh, in human history, we have always seen that if you promise people what they want, uh, a, a good chunk of them will believe you. And, and bad things happen, right? Like the people who got fucked over the most in this scenario are the Pappy Line members. And I've seen, even, even through my travels and SummerStorm and whatever, I, I, I've seen a fair number of like, you know, there's Reddit posts and people popping up somebody turns up in local and is like dude where's my shit right like the right the thing that bothers me is the 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 leadership of pappy deserves personally deserves individually deserves particularly the ringleaders elfoy piggles billy etc uh blame for this uh where they told their people they told all of eve online except for the imperium to stop playing and go on vacation and go to summer and go walk away and one of the reasons why they told everybody that is because they didn't have a plan to take 1DQ1 and they knew it. And they were just hoping that we would run out of money and fall apart before that was exposed. So they, I said this before about a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago, times a blur on the meta show and a bunch of piss pee bitches. And I hope most of you now are over this said I was being a, you know, Mitanni man bad for pointing out that Gobbins and the ringleaders of Pappy literally created the PCU crisis that nearly potentially put the game that we all love into a failure cascade and at the time the piss pee bitches were going oh whatever and then lo and fucking behold lo and fucking behold the moment that the blue donut starts cracking up because they suck life returns to new eden things go back because to what was happening was absolutely five right fucking nerds these five fucking nerds were telling everybody to stop playing eve and then th- this is where we get to this is that they created the pcu crisis by saying everybody blew up don't shoot each other which is against you know for years everybody's saying we don't want tranquility to be like serenity and then these dumb motherfuckers did it and then they tried to blame me and my people and then on top of that after CCB gives them that ripcord, what do these dumb motherfuckers do? Because they can't be blamed for anything because Pro God, Elf Boy, and Villy, they're smart people. After creating the PCU crisis, they blame CCP. They blame CCP for ending the war and they say it was CCP did a policy change. And then they tell reporters this, who then report it. So, oh, do you want to play Eva Online? The, the fucking PC game are, oh, well, well, you know, this war ended with a whimper and it was a tax change and whatever. It's not going to make people want to play Eve Online because the people in charge of Happy only care about running a landlord empire and blaming CCP about the tax stuff turns people away from the game. Blowing right. up everybody turns people away from the game. If we, if we had... If we had better reporting in this game, like reporting would have would have indicated or gotten down to the truth that like they the difference between the TTC and NATO is not the difference between a successful one DQ push and not. It was the difference between them being able to hang on and having funding to drag it out for a number of additional months, keep paying that SRP, right? But still not have the gas to get over the hump, right? The TTC money was what was enabling the lie. And then when it was gone, suddenly there was no more enabler. Right. 
So, but it, it was not the difference between we have a plan to win and we do not. That that did not happen. <laughs> yep. All right, we're getting closer to the end of the show. I got two things for you guys before we we wrap up here. I mean, the first thing is, uh, Frank is going to be here in a minute, so I want to give you guys a heads up on that. And then the second thing is. I have been working on an idea for a documentary on the war, and I have put together a little treatment of at least the, the first little bit of it. We're going to play that at the end of the show. Uh, that has not been released anywhere yet because it's not done, but I'll show it on here for you guys so you can take a look and tell me what you think. It's in the uh, it's in the Ken Burns style, so just it's it's going to be Ken Burnsy. Just be prepared. Don't expect a lot of punchy shit. So brisk for yes. the first time ever i'm sitting here and i'm wondering if we actually like no joke need to spend some money like for the first time in my life i feel like we may need to get like articulating arms on our cameras so we can pull them into our face like mittens was doing there that was pretty I good really wasn't it like, like it's a great device for a situation laptop, like right? this like he just kept suddenly getting, he's, he kept getting he's closer there, and you know? closer to the screen it was amazing <laughs> it felt like so he was sweet. in my living room it was great <laughs> This is what that's what we call a tech tree advancement, right? There you go. All right, I'm gonna go get Frank, and then we'll wrap up with him. Then we'll do our final thoughts, and then we will uh, we'll pop to to that last video. So, all right, you guys ready? It's time. It's not. I'm we ready. don't have I'm war updates sure. now because the war is mostly over. We have yeah. Imperium updates now because that's what Frank does. So here it is. You guys asked for him. Here he comes, Fountain Frank. guys miss me it's been a while yes the costume costume changes take a while for brisk but not for me because i'm always wearing the same thing so don't act like i wasn't ready to go he just didn't push the button okay all I right missed you, i have I, I you know i miss you too i miss all you guys i wish i could have come and, and hung out with you guys at summer swarm but i didn't have a chance so here is the deal i have to talk about this because this is important and you guys blew it you didn't talk about this in the first part of the show so i'm going to talk about it on Tuesday night, Mr. Villy thought that he would talk down to my friend Dirk Statil, a diplomat of the Imperium, to claim that there is a non-invasion pact between the Imperium and the Army of Mangoes Alliance. This is not true. Mittens, will you please tell the people to confirm that this is not true? What the fuck? No. Correct. Why would we have a deal with those fucking war criminals, the people that had defended Esoteria and the rest of this? Why would we do that? Violence, not diplomacy. Violence, not diplomacy. We're not going to do it. So, Billy, there you go. You want us to talk to our diplos? Our head diplo just said we don't have a deal. Now, that's not to say that we won't do deals. And so I am here to tell you guys what makes sense for those of you out there who are thinking the war is over. I want to nip with the Imperium. I want a non-invasion pack with the Imperium. I'm the nip man right here. Okay. You want to nip, you come to me. Here is it. I'm going to tell you guys this right now. This is how you do it. Anybody that wants a nip with the Imperium, I don't care who it is. I don't care who you are or why. 
If you want a nip with the Imperium, send 100 billion isk to the Fountain Frank in game. That's me. That's what you do if you want one. That's all you got to do. That's it. That's all you got to do. Just do it. You want a nip with the Imperium, send me 100 billion isk. If you want it done extra fast, send me 100 billion. 69 million isk, and then I'll make it even faster. Okay. That's how you get a nip with the Imperium. It's a pretty good deal, Frank. That's it. What if they want two? If they want two, you got to send it twice as much. You go, you can get two, you can get three. If you want well, a nip, three, three nips, a little, three, three you want nips a nip, it's a little weird, but you got to send little, me more. I think two is just right. Two, two is okay. Why? Three would be better. I saw total recall. Three is better. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Right, I mean it's fine. Listen, I'm telling you guys, that's all. That's all you got. If you want a nip, send me isk. That's it. That's all you got to do. It's not hard. That's how we handle this shit. This is how we're gonna make money in the post. Uh, in the post meta, in the post uh, rental meta. That's it. He's right. Get your nips here. That's it. Nips right here. All right. That's it. All I wanted to do. The main reason I wanted to come on the show was just because, like, every time Billy talks. I have to laugh and it makes me laugh. And it, I, I, I feel like I, I, please God, don't ever stop talking, Billy. You are so much fun to tease. And then I got to say nip like a thousand times today. And that was the main reason I want to come on the show. So, all right, that's it. I'm out. Fountain Frank is Thanks, out. Frank. I will see you all you, next time. Brisk will be back here in a minute. You guys riff a little bit uh, and then I'll go find Brisk. I am. I'm personally, you know, it, it's funny. So be between Summer Swarm and coming out here and and whatever, uh, I've been kind of away from the Emperor Battle Station or whatever, uh, slinging space policy and being a paper pusher, an F9 monkey, as it were. And I am a little surprised, but I guess I'm not that surprised, that Vili actually thought he could show his face on a fucking talk show already and not just get immediately hyper-dunked on everyone who's going to point out that he's a lying loser piece of shit, who is what one iHub and Outer Passage for a situation that he got the entire game into. And remember that shit I was saying earlier about now the proof in the data about how the leadership of Pappy, which started with fucking Villy, was responsible for the PCU crisis and now 150,000 puppies worth of Pappy losing their shit and delve and getting to enjoy the asset safety tango, tango in the middle of a fuel crisis. And Mr. Fourth Place thinks that he is going to come out on a talk show and speak authoritatively about what he knows is going on with my thing. I will say the one thing that I think is, <laughs> is pretty key, and I don't know if Merck and Kaz have anything you want to say about it, but the complete and utter intelligence failure from everybody on the Pappy side throughout this war has been, I think, pretty funny. And and the idea that that Vill Vill talk to your Diplos when he's talking to a Diplo, uh, just the whole the whole concept of that made me laugh. And I just want right, who is who is giving these who is he getting information from that he thinks is so accurate? I just it just I say a single me. word. You miss one Tuesday, and I, it's funny to me because Redline was all on about, oh, this is a neutral. Show. Oh, we'll call everybody, and it you know we go what, what two weeks go by, and he's putting out these fake maps that it, it just blows the <laughs> mind. And it's always projection. It's always projection. It's we just Marlin. we got done spending a year being blue to everyone, and what are we going to do? Oh, we'll put out a map showing the Imperium blue to these people who they've never had any relationship with that weren't in the war before. Like, like, it's as if they're trying to convince themselves that we're not actually focused on the Northwest, right? We, we must be doing some down here. And I, I don't know. You know, it really reminds me, like, so I, I started making Fire Festival references uh, about the war. Because uh, about a, a month ago, I guess, because, you know, whatever, all this shit went down, I, me and my girlfriend rewatched the Fire Festival documentaries on Netflix and Hulu because business disasters are fascinating. And also just, you know, you have to be careful if you're a leader. Like if you're in a position of somebody like like Billy and you tell 150,000 puppies that we're going to go, uh, you know, get the goon and you fuck it up that badly, you risk killing the game and potentially, you know, stranding a whole bunch of people on an island. 
But one of the funny things about the Fire Festival documentaries was actually what happened after the Fire Festival, which is this dude who was basically convicted for being a fucking scammer. What does he do the moment he's out of the Fire Festival thing? The guy that put the whole thing together, he's right back out there running uh, ticket scams. And Villy popping up on a talk show after he fucked everything up and nearly ruined even the process and one of the most shameful losses in the history of online gaming and, and gaming. And believe me, we're never, ever, ever, ever going to let these fuckers forget it. But Villy showing his whole ass on a talk show talking about Imperium policy when he clearly demonstrated he understands nothing about how the Imperium works. Mr. Oh, 30% of goons are going to evaporate the moment that, that Pappy gets to Delve. That guy goes on a talk show and talks about our nips, gets it wrong. And all I can think about is Billy, because, you know, Billy McFarland, after the Fire Festival thing, he did his ticket scams in New York and was almost immediately picked up for it and thrown in jail because everybody was on to his bullshit by now. They're like, Oh, and he couldn't help himself. He wasn't subtle about it. Now, Billy, Billy going on a fucking talk show to get people to listen to Billy about what Billy has to say. Mr. Fourth Place, eat shit. You personally are probably more responsible to being the biggest threat to Eve Online's health and stability since the Incarna crisis. Nobody was as personally involved in nearly making 10,000 people stop playing the game that we all love. And it's your personal responsibility. Also Pro God Legend, also Elf Boy. Y'all own this and we are never, ever, ever going to let anyone forget it because it's object lesson. We don't want new players reading about EVE Online and PC Gamer war ends in a whimper because of tax changes because Vili, Pro God, and Elf Boy can't own their failures, right? Fuck that. Fuck that. We're not gonna, we have to warn everybody not to listen to you people because otherwise, left to your own devices, you'll blew the entire galaxy and make 10,000 people stop playing EVE, and then you'll cry to any games journalist, journalist who will listen about how it was somebody else's fault, actually CCP's fault, to make even less people play the game. So fuck you, fucking Billy. Eat shit. I had, I had to get in the, got it, the, the whole getting close to the camera thing is amazing. We have to do this from now on. All right. I'm just leaning over my fucking laptop, man. We're at like, the I'm end. We got to get going because Mark has to get out of here. Final thoughts from Kaz, final thoughts from Mark. You've already heard from Mittens, me and Mittens. Anything else uh, you want to say? I guess on a positive note, I'll talk again about the PCU thing. I was super happy to see that going back up. We There was a lot of debate during the summer. There was a lot of caterwauling about all oh, the game and all oh, the health of the game. And it's great to see the, the sort of ecosystem of which players are there and feed on which other players growing back, right? Um, I, I am not a naysayer about Eve's health. I feel like the game can potentially have a long, long amount of life left. But looking oh, at yeah. the past just one year of events has convinced me that if that is going to happen and we are going to see, see an Eve that is back to 40k PCU or up higher to a number that's bigger than that, it's not going to happen in a new Eden that is getting rented by these guys, you know, dominating with a blue donut. So mm -hmm. that's my thoughts. All right. Mark, you got anything? No, you know, I'm just, it's nice to be here, right? Who thought we would be doing the meta shows after the war was over, still intact, our organization still intact, Delve, Fountain, Quirious, all back in hand where they should be, undoing 13 months of completely frivolous work in a matter of three weeks or so. Uh, so just congratulations to the Imperium. This was certainly hard fought and well-deserved. All righty. Last thing for me. Two things to end the show. Uh, first, we're going to, well, obviously, three things. One, we're going to watch the video in a minute. Two, I urge you all tonight, Rampage Incorporated will be going live probably around six or seven o'clock. What time do you think you're going to go, Mark? Yeah, right around there, probably. We'll, we'll right. get the uh, pre party going. And hey, congrats to Mr. Mind One. I'm sorry if I'm and stealing your thunder. Bro. That's the next thing. You're absolutely correct. So, congratulations. Our dear friend, the Battle Bard Mind One, finally made Twitch partner. He's been going after this for years. It's oh. been seven years in the making. He finally made it. Tonight's going to be the party celebrating that. So please join oh, us for yeah. Saturday Night Swarm starting around 930 on my one stream. We want we all want you guys to yeah. come hang out. He finally awesome. made it. All right. You stay classy, New Eden. Here is the treatment. This is not done yet, but this is what we I kind of want to do. It's going to be fun. Enjoy it. We will see you guys all next week for the Meta Show. What's everyone's thinking? What the fucking shit show?
Yeah, fucking shit show. I've never been nowhere depressed on this alliance than I have right now. They, wow. better, they better pay for our fucking um, fuel. Hey, guys. I would rather fucking stay here and die than fucking retreat. And it's hey, not guys. a joke. Pappy won the war. We already won the war. We didn't win shit. Near the end of 2020, it was clear that Delve would be overrun. Structures across the region were being unanchored and removed before they could be destroyed. NOL Tech M9 had been the former capital system of the Band of Brothers Alliance, commonly referred to as Bob, when they controlled Delve 11 years before. After requesting a ceasefire, Goonswarm Offensive Logistics Director Billy Bob Brannigan unanchored and removed the faction Fortazar that had been Bob's home station in the system preserving this bit of history from the first war, where an opponent had tried to eradicate Goonswarm from EVE Online. Nearly a year later, the Bob home station was anchored in T5ZI Tech S on the former site of the Pappy Coalition staging Keepstar. The former staging structure of the first dead group to attempt the extermination of the goons now watches over the remains of the last one. The Vietnam War was fought in hundreds of places, from 49 TACU and Quirius and Head GP and Ketch, to Jita 44, Perimeter, and Amar, from Fountain to Faithabolus, and from Declan to Delve. More than 100,000 immortal capsuleers fought in it, and almost all of them died in it. Former capital systems became ghost towns former crabbing pockets became forever famous. The political landscape of New Eden changed as for over a year the largest war ever seen in EVE Online raged across the galaxy and spilled over onto Reddit, Twitch, Mumble, and hundreds of Discord servers and private forums around the world. Players who had never before taken part in an ULSEC war found themselves pilots in huge fleets, fighting epic battles scores of jumps from home. They knew they were making history, and it was the greatest adventure in EVE Online they'd ever been a part of. The war made some rich, ruined others, and changed forever the lives of all who lived through it. A well-known fleet commander who made a big gamble that failed and went on to lead some of the biggest victories in the war and got immortalized in a CCP marketing video. 
the former goon, who, after turning his back on his old comrades, became one of their bitterest enemies. A man who, thanks to a single quote in a news article, gave the Imperium the motivation to endure through the hardest days of war. An aspiring disc jockey, who started to stream his public sessions on Twitch, was discovered by Karma Fleet and soon became the battle bard who kept morale up for months during the war's darkest hours. The mega corporation CEO, whose dynamic speeches and sunny disposition helped bond a coalition together. The hot wing eating egotist, whose quixotic attempts to destroy Goon Swarm had already cost him one alliance. Hemming and hawing his way through town hall after town hall, he would be the first to admit his efforts had yet again led to failure. And then there was the gruff man from Madison, Wisconsin, who would add yet another feather into a cap already overflowing with accolades as he led the Imperium into the greatest victory it had ever seen. Between July of 20 and August of 21, Nullsec made war upon itself and saw the destruction of hundreds of trillions of isk and assets far more than had ever been lost before and may ever be lost again. What began as a war of extermination against the Imperium turned into their finest hour. I hope you guys like that. I don't have any music for the outro, so you just kind of listen to me talk. I thought you guys would like it. It's not done yet. I got work to do. Obviously, I got to kind of another, I find another song because the show can farewell is is like super um, uh, copyright protected. I don't think I can afford it. But anyway, we'll figure something out. But I wanted to show that to you guys. I'm working on that now. It's going to take a while. Don't expect that to be done anytime soon because there's a lot of shit we have to do. Uh, a lot of history and a lot of stuff like that, but we'll make it happen. But anyway, thanks for watching. Thanks for watching the Meta Show. We will see you all next week.